speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the first chapter. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah, nor the prophet. John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, I cannot tell you how many times that I run into strangers in Minot, especially especially at Walmart, who see my clerical collar and the cross around my neck and that black shirt, and then, without failure, they resort to telling me all about the holy things that they have been doing in their lives. It happens all the time. Now, obviously, there's nothing special about Matt Richard. I'm a sinner just like you. However, the clerical collar that I wear, the cross around my neck and that black shirt, they have a way of triggering sacred thoughts in people. Now, I don't know if that clerical collar and that cross, if they remind people of Jesus or the church in general, but nonetheless, these religious icons, if you will, They have a way of making people think about the church. They make them feel like they have to talk about the holy things that they're doing. And after they have shared with me all the good things that they're doing in their lives, they always stand there and they they, they look at me and they almost like they want me to validate them, pat them on the head and say, they're there. Well done. You're doing a swell job. God is happy with you. But there's also another set of people that I come into contact with oftentimes at Walmart, who see the clerical collar, they see the cross, they see the black clothing, and they give me, yes, they give me the glare. Ah, it's interesting. It is a glare. In fact, one gentleman once saw me. He flinched, literally backing up with his whole body language, turning his back on me while mumbling something about the church as he mumbled and went to aisle number 34. Again, Matt Richard, the person is not the one that hopefully repulsed him. Who knows, maybe I did. But nonetheless, 
He was repulsed by those religious icons, the cross, the black shirt, the clergy tab itself. You see, there are those who, when they see these religious icons, they don't come with all the good works they have done, but they, instead they, 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 they build up a defense. It seems like they do not want to speak to me. They don't want to hear what I have to say to them. And so they do everything possible to put up a metaphoric roadblock. Yes, a roadblock. Now, why do I mention these two examples? Well, quite simply, in both of these situations, individuals, they prepare themselves for a Christian interaction. Again, Matt Richard is nobody but a mere servant. Yes, a mere servant. But the white collar, that tab, the black shirt, the cross, all of it together, it causes people to prepare themselves with a reaction to whatever I may or may not say to them. Now, we must keep in mind, dear friends, that our sinful nature that we all have, the sinful nature, this old Adam that we talk about, it seems like every single Sunday, this old Adam that we all have, this, this, this old sinful nature does not like to hear the good news of the gospel. As a result, the sinful nature will always make obstructions. The sinful nature always has a way of throwing logs and large stones and piles of dirt on the path in order to prepare obstacles for the way of the Lord. That is to say, the sinful nature does not want to hear the gospel, does not want to believe in the gospel, does not want to even ponder the gospel. The sinful nature does everything it wants and everything it can to somehow distance itself from the goodness of Jesus. For the sinful nature enjoys dark over light, enjoys things of evil over goodness. And so the sinful nature prepares for Christ by building up a defense, if you will. The sinful nature works up all sorts of roadblocks or self-defense fortifications. This is why so many people react the way they do to the realm of the sacred. They have prepared themselves with a defense, with tactics, with sneers, with comments, with scorn, with turning their back. They do not want the light, but they want to remain in darkness. But what do we make of other individuals who supposedly open the gates and are welcoming Christianity itself? It might seem as if these individuals are somehow better off than those who scorn Christianity. After all, it seems as if they have spent countless hours of their lives making the necessary preparations at getting everything all ready everything decorated on that path to receive Christ as a guest. But have they really, yes, have they really prepared? Now, dear friends, hear this loud and clear. If you and I build a bunch of roadblocks up against Christ, we're obviously hiding in the darkness. Yes, we're obviously hiding in the darkness and being damnable fools. We're choosing darkness over light. God help us. But if we also think that we're rightly preparing the way for Christ by decorating our pathways with all sorts of piety and, and holiness and goodness, get this, we're also damnable fools. You see, do we, do we really think that we are more prepared somehow for Christ than those who scorn Christ when we take a bunch of our self-righteous works and display them for all the world to see on our paths? Ta-da! Here we are, Christ. Look at what we've done. I'm afraid to say 
I'm afraid to say that dragging all of our boxes of spiritual trophies out and stacking them on the path, going and accumulating all those stacks of religious brownie point scorecards and bringing those out to the pathway is not somehow adequate. It is not somehow in some way that we adequately prepare for the way of Christ. But instead, those boxes of spiritual trophies and those stacks of religious scorecards are just another roadblock. They're just like the roadblocks of those who scorn Christ. And so this is the reason why we need to consider John the Baptist yet again. Yet again, during this season of Advent itself. We are not free from John the Baptist, not yet. In today's reading, from the Gospel of John, we hear that John prepares the way for the Lord as being a voice, get this, a voice that makes the path straight. That is to say, the proper office, the proper function, the essence of who John the Baptist is, it is the same function of God's law. Both John the Baptist and the law of God, they are meant to humble the entire world. It is to, get this, to, to level and beat down that track and that pathway. The intent and the purpose of John the Baptist and the law are to crush every single roadblock, to destroy every single obstruction, to proclaim that everyone is lost, that everyone is a damned, poor, miserable person. John the Baptist as well as God's holy law, are to proclaim that there is no life, there's no work, there's no rank, however, no rank, however how holy and beautiful and good it may appear, but it is damnable unless Christ or God makes it good in the first place. And so, dear friends, do you want to prepare to receive the Christmas gift of Christ? Do you want to make the way straight so as to receive Christ and his gospel gifts? If so, it's quite simple. Beat your chest and confess your sins boldly under repentance. Let me be very frank. Let me be very frank with you on this. You see, if a person comes into this church, if they come through the doors of this church, and they come and they stand here amidst us. And the very beginning of the service says, I stand here at the head and I stand with you shoulder to shoulder. And we stand together and we confess that we're poor, miserable sinners in thought, word, and deed. When we, when we beat our chest in repentance and our head is hung low, for we have sinned in thought, word, and deed throughout the whole week. If people come through these doors of the church and they see that confession of sin at the beginning of the service, and if they react to that and they say, you know what, I'm not poor, I'm not miserable like these people, and I'm not a sinner, then I'm afraid to say that they are not prepared to receive Christ. They're not prepared to receive the gifts of Jesus. And they're certainly not wise, but fools. You see, the path has not been leveled for them, but they still have all sorts of obstacles, obstacles such as pride and ignorance and blind foolishness. In fact, it would be better if they would get offended stomp their feet, and show themselves out the doors of the church. It would save everybody a whole lot of time and a whole lot of hardship. Yes, if they cannot agree that they are sinners, they're not only wasting their time at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, but they are rejecting the essence of Christianity. 
Dear baptized saints, obstructing the Lord's way obviously comes through hard-hearted unbelief. That's easy to recognize. But it also comes through spiritual conceit, spiritual pride, when we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And so, do not go the way of ignorance. Do not go the way of pride. Do not go the way of blind foolishness. But instead, beat your chest. Beat your chest and confess your sins boldly. For the good news of the gospel is that Christ, he comes for sinners such as you and especially me. Yes, you heard that correctly. The path actually needs to be bulldozed, as we mentioned to the children in the children's message here this morning. The path needs to be bulldozed. Our roadblocks that we put up, our roadblocks of unbelief, our barricades of scorn, our boxes of spiritual trophies, and the stacks of our spiritual brownie points that we lug out of the closet to display to everybody else. Ta-da, look what I have done. All of that garbage needs to be crushed and trampled down. It needs to be considered as somebody said in the first service, Pastor, it's scubala. It's scubala. It is nothing compared to the surpassing richness of Christ. It needs to be leveled. It needs to be trampled upon. Baptized saints, everything in our hands, everything in our hands needs to be knocked out so that we simply cling to the cross. We need to be made helpless so that we look to rest upon God's grace and His grace alone. We need to be reduced to naked shame so that we look to the Lord for clothing of righteousness. We need to understand our foul status so that we are washed in Christ and Him alone. Make no mistake about it. Even though this Christian faith is hard, indeed, it is very hard when our lives get bulldozed, it's very painful repentance itself is painful even though it is very hard very painful in repentance ah the good news of the gospel is this christian life is so much more simple than we often understand it is simple because after your paths are bulldozed by the law after your paths are bulldozed by john the baptist you're jesus smile dear friends you're jesus he comes to you not to condemn you he comes not to punish you, rebuke you, or chastise you, to, to grind your sin a little bit more down into the ground. But he comes to give you gifts. He comes to give himself to you freely. Do not forget, your Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the entire world, and that means every single one of your sins of past and present and future. And so hear this, baptized saints. Prepare the way of the Lord, not by hiding behind some roadblocks of sin, but hiding yourself in Christ, who tramples upon your sins under his feet. Today, with John the Baptist and in agreement with the law, confess your sins boldly, and then in Christ Jesus, hear the gospel even more. Receive even more boldly the free forgiveness, the free life and salvation that comes to you in the way of a free gift. Baptized saints, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the entire world. Be bulldozed in repentance, ground to find powder in repentance, and then be raised unto life in Christ because your Jesus comes for you.
He comes for you today, and he comes to you this Christmas season. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.